Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever type of day it is, y'all come on in. Y'all have a seat. Light your blunts up. Pour your drinks. And come feel me right quick. Happy motherfucking New Year. Yeah, we back. I know I've been gone for a little while, but I am back to resume these craziness. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm hiding, motherfucker. But before I start off, let me give out my disclaimer. If this is your first time listening to Feeling the Breeze, then I welcome you to the show. I am your host, Breeze Up. That's B-R-Triple-E-Z to the motherfucking A. And on this show, I keeps it a buck around here. I say a lot of dumbass shit. I say some controversial shit. I say shit that ain't gonna, that gonna make you scratch your head and say, what the hell is this nigga talking about? We gonna agree to disagree. That's what you gonna get out of me. And as always, I gotta introduce you to my co-host, my ace, my dog, Taco the motherfucking bell. What up, Taco? It's been a while. How you doing, nigga? We gonna hit this blunt. But we gonna get into this show. So, me and MK threw on the Bataros just for a quick little second. You guys gonna hear that in the body of the show. And, uh, we just gonna go in all type of different directions. Y'all should know how I am by now. I'm always gonna be, I'm unorthodox. You'll never know what you gonna get out of me. However, I will say, last episode, I kind of touched on the narcissism, you know, about Nature Boy and all that shit. But I'm going to kind of continue that. But only this time, you guys are going to hear why everybody, including myself, was so caught up with Nature Boy. You're going to learn some shit. We're going to put some, we're going to put some laws into practice. If you know what I mean. And a whole bunch of other shit that we're going to get into. So, without further ado, let's get to this shit. Come on, you got a lot of balls. Oh, 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 oh
playing with you, dog. I'm just playing, you know, okay? Look, I'm a nice guy, you get to know me. y'all welcome back to the show i'm getting ready to light this blunt up so like i said on the intro i touched on the nature boy shit on the last podcast about the narcissism but i started thinking like why is it that not only myself why is it that so many people are caught up with nature boy because what it is is nature boy has been using the 48 laws of power this whole damn time, right? And that's why everybody is so caught up. He's using that shit, not to perfection, but he's using that shit to his advantage. Now, I was doing my videos on Nature Boy, but I stopped because I got other shit to do. But I know everybody else is still doing that shit but I'm like man hold on cause everybody keeps saying you know this nigga's a part of a cult and all this shit but I'm gonna play some audio and y'all gonna hear and you gonna finally figure out why this nigga is so much entertainment and why we keep getting suckered into the shit alright so let's get it. Law 27. Play on people's need to believe to create a cult-like following. Judgment. People have an overwhelming desire to believe in something. Become the focal point of such desire by offering them a cause, a new faith to follow. Keep your words vague but full of promise. Hint, Emphasize hint. enthusiasm over rationality and clear thinking. Hint, hint. Give your new disciples rituals to perform. Ask them to make sacrifices on your behalf. Uh, In the absence of organ... Don't that sound like Nature Boy? Asking them for all them donations and shit? Let's go. ...religion and grand causes, your new belief system will bring you untold power. The science of charlatanism, or how to create a cult in five easy steps. Charlatanism. In searching as you must 
for the methods that will gain you the most power for the least. Hold on, let me pause it. Now, I want y'all to pay specific attention to what this dude is about to say. Because this dude is about to describe Nature Boy and all of us as suckers. Let's just keep that shit real. Let's keep the shit real. Because we all bought into the shit. But there are some people out there that actually donated to this nigga. <laughs> but he used the 48 laws. That's why he was able to do it. Let's go. You will find the creation of a cult-like following one of the most effective. Having a large following opens up all sorts of possibilities for deception. Mm -hmm. Not only will your followers worship you, they will defend you from your enemies and will voluntarily take on the work of enticing others to join your fledgling cult. Uh, this uh, don't that sound like him? Don't that sound like all them motherfuckers that's over there? Huh? Let's proceed. The power will lift you to another realm. You will no longer have to struggle or use subterfuge to enforce your will. You are adored and can do no wrong. You might think it's a gargantuan task to create such a following, but in fact, it is fairly simple. As humans, we have a desperate need to believe in something, anything. This makes us eminently gullible. We simply cannot endure long periods of doubt or of the emptiness that comes from a lack of something to believe in. Mm. Dangle in front of us some new cause, elixir, get-rich-quick scheme, or the latest technological trend or art movement, and we leap from the water as one to take the bait. Yep. Look at history. The chronicles of the new trends in cults that have made a mass following for themselves could fill a library. Yep. After a few centuries, a few decades, a few years, a few months, they generally look ridiculous, but at the time they seemed so attractive, so transcendental, so divine. Always in a rush to believe in something, we will manufacture saints and faiths out of nothing. Listen up! Do not let this gullibility go to waste. Make yourself the object of worship. Make people form a cult around you. It's time for a MK Specs tutorial. I know why your man don't eat your box. Cause that motherfucker stank. It stank. It stank. It stank. I think a nigga would eat a clean, deformed looking pussy with wrinkled up labia and shit. Before a nigga will fuck with a, a beautiful, cute pussy that is stanking, right? It smells like a fish market. It's stanking, right? <laughs> and you know it. Because you's a nasty girl. Men don't like that shit, right? That's, that's the prime number one reason besides 
that your pussy is so damn hidden between so much discoloration, fat, you gotta push to the side and shit. You gotta push all this shit. Just you think you think you licking on some pussy lips. You licking on her inner thigh. You gotta push all all that motherfucking jello gelatin. You know you gotta push all that shit to the side. <laughs> Right. How many you, niggas can relate to, to that? You call in the plumber to help you out and shit. You know what I'm saying? Can you hold on this, this lard and shit, this jiggly ah, shit? And, shit and with this the fat down there, and I ain't talking about fat coochie. With this fat down there and it's hitting, it's in there hibernating and fuck. Fuck. <laughs> coochie fuck. That what is nigga smelling. Right? You gotta do something about that. Right? That's that's why a nigga not giving a fuck. That's why a nigga ain't eating your pussy. Nine times out of ten, your box is, is mildewed. It's stinking. Mm. <laughs> shit. It rained last night. And it was out there till the morning and shit. Smelling like wet dog, wet animal, nasty, fish market. So number one reason a nigga ain't eating your shit. We all niggas can agree. Yep. Now, if your shit look at the form fucked up too, and shit, you got one of those, what the fuck is that pussy? That, your pussy look like some shit that was deep down in the ocean and shit, right? You know what I'm saying? That they just found and shit, some goddamn new organism and shit. Your pussy looking like that and shit, you know what I'm saying? Come on now, right? Right? How a nigga supposed to eat that shit? You won't even eat that shit. <laughs> right? You ain't even went down there and licked on your own pussy and ate your own pussy because you know that motherfucker ain't right. I was messing with this female. Uh-oh, story time. She always kept her top on. I already knew there was some insecurity about her titties. <laughs> I just wanted to see how bad was the condition, right? She laughed. She said, my titties is shot. I said, shot. She said, shot. I said, what, 12 gauge, load up two clips, pop, bust shot in the air like it's New Year's Eve, poof, shot, shot. I said, I gotta see these motherfuckers. I gotta see them, I gotta see them. Right, right. Cause I ain't never seen like the worst of the titty community in my lifetime yet, right? You know, a woman will have a baby and stuff like that. That's natural, you know? That baby will suck the life for something titties, right? They just be gone or you have an abortion or something like that, you know? The child ain't there, you send, to, you send the child to the netherworld, right? And, and thinking you can still have the same body and, and, and no, and no, 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 right? Ain't nothing wrong with my big girls. Shout out to my big girls. But big girls plus summertime, Vegas weather, right? Up under there, you get to stank it. You, know? you, know, you get to stank it, right? And I'm not saying a skinny woman don't stank too. Pussy's pussy, right? But the probability of you being big as fuck is, is a pro down there and shit right there. You know, you like I said, your shit down there is color-coded and shit. <laughs> your belly is a different color than that shit down there where your goddamn motherfucking G-string be. That's a new gray down there. Hey, fellas, <laughs> you ever seen some shit down there gray? Yep. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> nah, I ain't never what seen that shit. What the fuck? <laughs> right, gray. Black people, when we start turning gray, keep it a buck, 
with you. That's why a nigga ain't eat that shit. No, 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 no. Eating pussy gonna make you sick anyway. But God damn it, at least eat some appealing pussy. You know, the Japanese man gonna make the blowfish look appealing sushi to you when you eat it and shit, even though too much of it will make you die. Here's another reason a nigga don't eat your pussy. You ain't kept right. You ain't keeping your yard right. Ladies, your pussy is like a yard, right? If it's all, all fucked up, got trash on it and shit, right? Gang writing, they got dried up nut gang writing and shit. <laughs> on, on the sugar walls, they decrepit it now and shit, right? It's a shopping cart out there, a used, dried condom. You know, your property ain't right. So how do a nigga supposed to appraise your property and shit, right? Garbage everywhere and shit, you know what I'm saying? Nigga ain't my, would you? Would you say I'm gonna dine out at one of them goddamn hub homes and shit that been locked up and shit like fucking three years and shit? Tonight is gonna be the night that you gonna go there to eat? Well, that's how we look at your pussy, right? We ain't about to eat that shit. We gonna pump, dump, and jet. Yeah, we, we gonna hit it just like that. <laughs> Nigga ain't eat that. If it's looking fucked up, it's stinking, right? Nigga ain't doing that, right? And the nigga that is doing that, you a thirsty motherfucker, man. Get in the comment section, let me know what you think. Ladies, get in the comment section if a nigga ain't eating your box. If you if you dumb enough to say, oh, well, you know, you're right. My man ain't eating my box, my box and shit. Guess what? We all gonna roast your dumb ass and shit. See, this is one of those laugh kiki and shit. And if you dirty and shit, your pussy stacking and shit, you need to get on it and do something about it type of goddamn videos. talking to, we having we we having a weed conversation right we have we talking about the side effects uh everybody having a slight panic attack and shit now look me and mk know when we didn't did too much when we smoke weed because nigga me and this nigga it happened to us nigga <laughs> we was at the shop nigga and a nigga hit that nigga did that dab nigga 
right? And we had already smoked prior to going over there. I can't say that. that I can't. You wasn't stuck that day, nigga. We, no, nigga. But they, nigga, they ain't described what I would describe, nigga, what you trying to describe, nigga. Nigga, nigga, when you are fucked up with a panic attack, nigga, the sweats kick in, yep. nigga. Which is and it? it's like a, I have did shit where it felt like my body was, it was on fire, on fire, yeah. like. Yeah, and I remember that. Remember one time? I nigga, remember that time, that nigga. Had me panting like a kid. Nigga, I remember that I, time. I was at so, your house, so nigga. That shit is different than that time we was at the shop. At the shop, nah, nah, I don't think I was, cause it's like I still had to drive. Right, and yeah, but but, that but, other but shit. Cause all right, like that. All right, cause this nigga said he went to go jump in the fucking tub, nigga, nigga and I went through fucking shock, nigga. Cause <laughs> nigga, I'm thinking I'm on fire. And I got the cold water, nigga. That was like you just jumping in some ice ocean water, yeah, nigga. And body went through shock, nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nigga, that could kill a person, yeah, nigga. nigga. I was like, oh, yeah, what the nigga. fuck am I doing? But I was burning up. But yeah, it happened. Had nigga. that uh, queasy feeling and yeah, shit. Nigga. Like, oh, and don't be drinking no alcohol. Oh, that's going to make it worse, don't nigga. Don't be drinking no alcohol because it's going to linger and it's shit. Gonna, it's yeah. like, you going to be like, oh, I don't, I don't feel now, good. Now, see, yeah, see, now that kind of like what he talked about with the panic attack shit. So that's what we call games of death and shit. Because, yeah, nigga. Man. Cause nigga, that shit happened to me, nigga, to where my motherfucking shit, my shit was on fire, nigga. Like, oh, nigga, I can't help it. This and before before we started recording, nigga, I had I had went to go re up coming back from vacation. Cause when I was on vacation, I had some bunk weed and shit, right? Mm. But when I came back and I re up and got some good shit and got some extra, cause I got a free gram of that shit, and I rolled that shit up and I hit that shit, nigga. <laughs> Woo! After about the fourth hit, nigga, I was like, oh, nigga, start getting the tingles in my feet, nigga. And so for me, and see, everybody's shit's different. But for me, when I know yeah, I'm doing too much, man. nigga, I'll get the tingles. Like, like you know, like how when you hit your elbow, nigga, or your funny bone yeah, and your shit. Feet right. And the vertigo vision. Yeah, like, nigga. Like, see, now that shit has yeah. started my feet, nigga. And and it's like, that's that's the sign, nigga. Are you doing too much, nigga? But it was too late, nigga. That shit was so strong, nigga. But that by the time I got it, before I even got out the car, nigga, my body was on fire, nigga, already like, woo, I was sweating. Keep in mind, nigga, it's like 55 degrees outside, nigga. That's what, like I said, nigga. But, nigga, I was, I was on fire, nigga. It, look, I was so, and so this is what, this is what we call the games of death. This is the process. So my shit was like already like, uh-oh, nigga. All right, nigga. Keep it together, nigga. Focus, nigga. Keep now, it together. You can trick it if you get to it in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Now, and the best way I can explain this shit is like eating too many brownies. Yep. Yep. Too many bud brownies. Because it's like when you eat weed, it's in your system, but it takes a longer time to digest. So you'll be like, what is it? I, I, I'm high. But you'll be like, and see, with that shit, this? it's going to come in waves, too, nigga. Oh, man. Oh, man. See? It's, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I, I'd rather smoke where and smoke it, get high, and wear off. Yeah. Ingest it, it's like it's, it's going, going to your system. It's going to stay like, in there the longer. It's going to stay in there longer. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is this? It's, it's like. You want that shit to end, nigga. That's how bad it is. You, and, and don't take no shit that's in the heavy doses. Because, nigga, once you ingest it, nigga, you're going to be high like five or six hours, hours nigga. Right? <laughs> so, if it's some ultra, nigga, and you eat that shit, like oh. the cow chew the herb, you, you know, fuck that, 
you, you, you looked at that, you was like, oh, this only got, you thinking it's 25 milligrams. No, that shit, shit right there is 2,000 something milligrams. Shit. You, know, you didn't give a fuck. You ate that Chico Bud Brownie, nigga. nigga you going to be fucking on one. Nigga, Don't look, like that shit. Look, everybody, look, we all had to learn, nigga. This is how this is how you earn your week. This is how you earn your stripes, nigga, because you got to go through it to know. Nigga, I ate half of a motherfucking edible cookie, nigga. I ate only ate half of the shit, nigga, and that was the worst mistake ever, nigga. I was high all night. That high lasted throughout the whole night, nigga. I wanted to come down, nigga. I was yeah. like, nah, it shit. That shit yeah. came in yeah. waves, nigga, and yeah. I didn't like that, nigga. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that because yeah, you can't stay. You got you just gotta hold on. You gotta hold on, yeah. and it's like you gotta Fuck you it. gotta stay focused on some shit in in order. It's like if you if you just. I call it staying idle. If you just ain't doing shit, that and you start, and that you start thinking, vomiting. yeah, you start thinking shit. Vomiting, yeah, man, it's like you gotta, cause like, like I was telling you, nigga, I went, I was, my body was on fire, nigga. I was, nigga, I had to go do some shit. I either had to go start playing the game, nigga, or I had to start chopping up a video. I had to stay focused, nigga. You know it is bad when you gotta sidetrack yourself. Yeah, nigga. <laughs> Nigga, I had to go in there. Nigga, I went upstairs, nigga. Nigga, wifey was laying down. I had to go up there. I had to acknowledge. Because this is how nigga. fucked up. I, I said, look. I said, right now, I am fucked up. I said, nigga. my body goes on fire. I, I said, look. I got to play the game right now. Or I I, cause, I said, I got to focus. Because if I don't, nigga, it's, I'm, I'm a... It's, it's like, nigga. So... It took it take it takes a lot to control, but you can definitely manipulate the shit and you can control nigga, it. One time, nigga, I was out there, nigga, just nigga, probably cutting some videos up, heavy smoking. Uh, I I I had a, a twenty five ounce or something. Maybe it was Miller, or I maybe I had some Smirnoff Ices or something. I, had, I was I was drinking something, but I was heavy smoking. And when I got out the car and shit, and I went in the house, nigga, it's like I could not be like steal and shit, nigga. It's like something was wrong. I'm like, nigga, something wrong. I'm like, oh, nigga, fidgety shit. and shit. I'm like, here it comes. Here it comes. Fuck, nigga. Yeah, that nigga, me. I sat on the toilet, nigga, and it was just like, I, I was like huffing. A, <laughs> nigga sweating like a motherfucker and I was complete I was like you know I'm about to get in this shower <laughs> nigga was contemplating see because it's like you would try to put something on your stomach it's like that ain't working that ain't working oh you try to drink something that ain't helping that ain't working you can't and you definitely don't want to sit still nah if you sit still like in a laying down position your you shit gonna start round, round, yep <laughs> Round and round and round, yeah, and the head gonna start spinning. Already spinning, nigga. You gonna be on destination a uh, uh, yakety yak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Well, I said, fuck it, nigga. When I got in the shower, nigga, because I was burning the fuck up. But I said, you know what? I'm gonna let this shit get natural and warm and yep. shit. And then I got in there. I was like, oh, we coming back. All yeah, right. yeah. All right. Yeah, there all we right, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm back to normal. This back. is a, this was a, this all was I needed, right? All I needed. I was like, whoo. <laughs> you you regain control of the Ooh, key, I was nigga. like, ooh, that's what I need to do more nigga, often. Nigga, well, what's happening, nigga, is you tapped into that Super Saiyan, but you forgot how to control that shit. You started acting like Roly, and that shit was going all over the place, nigga. But then it's like, hold up, nigga. <laughs>
is the lowest price mini pickup truck you'll be able to buy this weekend. And you can finance this brand new Dodge D50 pickup truck for only 8.8% interest. Only 8.8% financing. Finance it for four years, you'll save over $600 in interest alone. Go to Hawaii. Go skiing. Buy this brand new Dodge D50 pickup truck. It's the best buy for your money. Hurry because they're selling fast. And that's the truth. And now, we got Big Moo with some cerebral news. The charlatans have begun by peddling health elixirs and alchemic shortcuts to wealth. Moving quickly from town to town, they originally focused on small groups until, by accident, they stumbled on a truth of human nature. The larger the group they gathered around themselves, the easier it was to deceive. The charlatan would station himself on a high wooden platform, hence the term Montebank, and crowds would swarm around him. In a group setting, people were more emotional, less able to reason. Had the charlatan spoken to them individually, they might have found him ridiculous, but lost in a crowd. They got caught up in a communal mood of rapt attention. It became impossible. Don't that sound like Nature Boy and him? Let's go. Possible for them to find the distance to be skeptical. Any deficiencies in the charlatan's ideas were hidden by the zeal of the mass. Passion and enthusiasm swept through the crowd like a contagion, and they reacted violently to anyone who dared to spread a seed of doubt. Both consciously studying this dynamic over decades of experiment and spontaneously adapting to these situations as they happened, the charlatans perfected the science of attracting and holding a crowd, molding the crowd into followers and the followers into a cult. The gimmick... Alright. He breaking all them fools over there. That whole carbonation shit. That whole Nature Boy shit, he breaking that shit down to a T. Now, he gonna go through these steps. Now, I want y'all to listen up to these steps. And they coming up real soon. Let's get it. So the charlatans may seem quaint today. But there are thousands of charlatans among us still. Using the same tried and true methods their predecessors refined centuries ago. Only changing the names of their elixirs and modernizing the look of their cults. We find these latter-day charlatans in all arenas of life. Business, fashion, politics, yep. art. 
Many of them perhaps are following in the charlatan tradition without having any knowledge of its history. But you can be more systematic and deliberate. Wake up! Simply follow the five steps of cult making that our charlatan ancestors perfected over the years. Step one, keep it vague, keep it simple. To create a cult, you must first attract attention. This you should do not through actions which are too clear and readable, but through words which are hazy and deceptive. Told y'all we getting controversial. Your initial speeches, conversations, and interviews must include two elements. On the one hand, the promise of something great and transformative, and on the other, a total vagueness. This combination will stimulate all kinds of hazy dreams in your listeners who will make their own connections and see what they want to see. As a corollary to its vagueness, your appeal should also be simple. Most people's problems have complex causes, deep-rooted neurosis, interconnected social factors, roots that go way back in time and are exceedingly hard to unravel. Few, however, have the patience to deal with this. Most people want to hear that a simple solution will cure their problems. The ability to offer this kind of solution will give you great power and build you a follower. Step two, emphasize the visual and the sensual over the intellectual. Don't that nigga be doing Once that shit? people have begun to gather around you, two dangers will present themselves, boredom, all of them be over there doing that shit. Listen up. And skepticism. Boredom will make people go elsewhere. Skepticism will allow them the distance to think rationally about whatever it is you are offering. Blowing away the mist you have artfully created and revealing your ideas for what they are. You need to amuse the board. Then ward off the cynics. The best way to do this is through theater or other devices of its kind. Instagram. Surround yourself with luxury. Dazzle your followers with visual splendor. Fill their eyes with spectacle. Not only will this keep them from seeing the ridiculousness of your ideas, the holes in your belief system, it will also attract more attention, more followers. Appeal to all the senses. Use incense for scent. Soothing music for hearing, colorful charts and graphs for the eye. You might even tickle the mind, perhaps by using new technological gadgets to give your cult a pseudo-scientific veneer, as long as you do not make anyone really think. Use the exotic, distant cultures, strange customs to create theatrical effects and to make the most banal and ordinary affairs seem signs of something extraordinary. Step three, borrow the forms of organized religion to structure the group. Your cult-like following is growing. It is time to organize it. Find a way both elevating and comforting. Organized religions have long held unquestioned authority for large numbers of people and continue to do so in our supposedly secular age. And even if the religion itself has faded some, its forms will resonate with power. The lofty and holy associations of organized religion can be endlessly exploited. 
Create rituals for your followers. Organize them into a hierarchy, ranking them in grades of sanctity, and giving them names and titles that resound with religious overtones. Ask them for sacrifices that will fill your coffers and increase your power. To emphasize your gathering's quasi-religious nature, talk and act like a prophet. Hint, you are not a dictator, after all. Hint, you are a priest, a guru, a sage, a shaman, or any other word that hides your real power in the mist of religion. Step four, disguise your source of income. Your group has grown. Donations. You structured it in a church-like form. PayPal. Your coffers are beginning to fill with your followers' money. You must never be seen as hungry for money and the power it brings. It is at this moment that you must disguise the source of your income. Your followers want to believe that if they follow you, all sorts of good things will fall into their lap. By surrounding yourself with luxury, you become living proof of the soundness of your belief system. Never reveal that your wealth actually comes from your followers' pockets. Yeah. Instead, make it seem to come from the truth of he, your methods. He using this shit. Followers will copy your each and every move in the belief that it will bring them the same results. Ooh, that nigga using this shit. Enthusiasm will blind them to the charlatan nature of your wealth. Step five: Set up an us versus them dynamic. The group is now large and thriving, a magnet attracting more and more particles. If you are not careful, though, inertia will set in and time and boredom will demagnetize the group. To keep your followers united, you must now do what all religions and belief systems have done. What's that? Create an us versus them dynamic. First. I'm gonna pause it right there. He just broke that shit down, y'all. So I'm gonna take a little quick pause for the cause, and we gonna come back with some more show. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the show. So we're going to switch and change subjects. And I'm going to touch on something that's already been covered. But I just recently discovered the details on what cracked off between Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher. See, now, most of you, I'm sure, are already up to speed and shit. But some of you probably haven't heard the full details on what cracked off. Because all you, as you guys know, Derek Fisher is with... Uh, Matt Barnes' ex-wife, and uh, everybody know what transpired. And y'all heard about the, the the fight that cracked off between uh, Fish and uh, Matt Barnes. But Matt Barnes about to break this shit down. So we're gonna get into this shit. I say I know it's old, but I just recently discovered it. And damn, homie, that's all I'm gonna say. Damn, homie. I guess you went through some depression after yeah. dealing with Doc Rivers. Yeah. I would, def I, I would just say overall it was tough, you know, because although I was the one that left my ex and, and filed for divorce and was ready to move on, just the whole overwhelming fact that, like, I don't have my family no more and I don't have my little guys no more that I woke up with every day and took to school and played with and, you know, were my life. So 
you know, splitting up with my ex, I, I, it was definitely the right thing to do, but just losing my boys in the process was tough, you know what I mean? So I was just going through a lot mentally, and I was smoking a lot of weed, you know, to kind of keep me on keep that. Keep it was If I wasn't smoking, who tell him, you know, what could have ended up happening? Because um, I really feel like, although I had a few outbursts, that if I didn't have the weed, there would have been a lot more. I feel you, Matt. Mm -hmm. And that's when the whole Derek Fisher situation happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... You and Derek Fisher had a relationship. Mm -hmm. You guys were friends. Yeah. Derek started dating Gloria. Mm -hmm. Without Pause. you actually knowing. I'm going to pause this shit right quick. Fuck up number one. You never, ever, ever date the homie's girl. Never, ever, ever do that. That's a nigga cold. You never date the homie's girl. Let's go. I guess he actually started staying at your house. Mm -hmm. Oh, sons. Oh, he done yeah. moved into the crib. Then you found out one day, and you were roughly ninety-five miles away. Yeah. <laughs> when you found out. So this is. <clears throat> All right, listen to so this. So this story. was where I was in Memphis. I left for Memphis a little bit early, uh, just to get acclimated to my new teammates. We, as the Memphis Grizzlies, came back to Cali to have training camp in Santa Barbara. So this at this point, Gloria and I are split up and it's a cool line of communication. You know what I mean? So we're cool. So I hit her up like, yo, I'm coming back for training camp. I haven't seen the boys for a minute. Can you bring the boys down Friday? Um, Saturday is my last day. And then I probably going to get Sunday off so I can just go back to L.A. You know what I mean? So I can just spend more time with the boys. And she was cool with it. So she brings them. She brings the boys down Friday. We hang out. Um, you know, get to see the boys. Saturday, the boys come from practice. My last day of practice. My coach like, okay, we're off Sunday. Um, you know, be back in Memphis by practices like one o'clock. You know, so just be back in Memphis Monday morning. So um, I end up driving back to L.A. with Gloria and Derek. <laughs> I don't know, driving back to L.A. with Gloria and the boys. Right. You know, so I'm driving, uh, you know, her truck home. We're not really talking to him. Like I said, we're cool, but it's just not, you know, like we're we're separated. We're not. So we're, we're really not talking too much. Like she's on her phone and I'm just focusing, looking at my phone, talking to the boys a little bit. So we, we make a pit stop, maybe like 45 minutes into the drive from Santa Barbara back to L.A. Me and the boys get one thing. She gets another thing. So me and the boys are in the Escalade <laughs> watching. They're watching their little cartoon way in the back. And we're waiting for Gloria to come back. And she starts walking out of the place she got her food, not realizing that her Bluetooth comes on in the car. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. Let me. I pause the video because we've been to do some nigga science, right? All right. You driving, you got your phone paired to the car stereo and shit, right? Now, this is where she fucked up. She forgot that her shit was, her, she forgot her phone was paired to the car. So, no matter where you go, as long as you near the car, that's, this, it's gonna, the phone gonna pick that shit up. But you know, y'all know what I'm trying to say. That shit gonna pick that shit up. And she forgot. Mm, mm, mm. Damn. Fuck it up. Got sloppy. Movie. So her, her Bluetooth, so her whole conversation stops the boys' movie. They don't really pick up on it, but I'm just like, you know, I 
fucking know this voice and I hear baby I miss you and I can't wait to see you again and we had so much fun in New York I'm like what the fuck that's Derek's voice so that's the first time I'm like what the fuck is going on uh, so, ain't that fucked up you hear the homie's voice and you like what the hell oh this who you fucking with Ah, uh, and see when you do some shit like that your boy know the code for one but he already know your relationship so what does that say about d fish now d fish is like hey that's between y'all now fish is like you probably came to me you probably chose me who knows but the fact that matt barnes heard that nigga d fish voice on that phone damn homie she gets back so she's maybe 10 feet from the car and i'm guess i'm just ice grilling her that she like freezes like a deer in the headlights like she knows by this time that her her bluetooth is on the car so she gets back in the car i'm like what the fuck? no you know what you know what what happened was nigga she realized nigga that she probably got a missed call and shit that's what happened she looked on that phone and was like uh oh i got a missed call shit damn <laughs> talking to and she kind of freezes up and obviously i'm not going to get super loud because the boys are in the back keep your cool and i i know it was derek and i said and i was like derek next time i see him, i'm gonna beat the shit out of you and it, and it hung up and then the movie and then the, <laughs> the boys cartoon comes right back on so needless to say like like i said well i wasn't really going to get into it with her so it was dead silence like the next well, hour it was. he was seething drops me off at my condo in marina i say bye to the boys and then um I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm back in my place. I'm smoking like, I'm gonna whip this dude's ass. And it's Hell not yeah. even so much. It's the principle, nigga. You know, just come to me. It's a hard situation, but come to me. It's but I end up finding more shit out. So then later that night, um, one of my twins hits me. And he's kind of shook. And he's like the rambunctious twin. Like He's the one that's always bouncing off walls. And he kind of just, his vibe is off. And he's FaceTiming me. And I'm like, Carter, what's up, bro? He shakes his head, nothing. It's like, what's going on? Like, why are you not talking? He shakes his head, nothing. And then he puts his head down on the couch and puts a pillow over his face. And in the phone, he's like, your friend Derek is over here. Like, no fucking way. Like, that's not real. I'm like, what? I was just like, I was like, where's your mom? And he's like, well, mommy, mommy, Isaiah, and, and, and Derek are at the store or some shit like that. So when I hit my other twin, Isaiah, mm. I'm like, hey, what's up, bro? I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, we just got done running errands. He already know the scoop. Um, he already know the scoop. To the airport. I'm like, oh, who did you pick up from the airport? And I think it was tough. So they're probably... Matt, this, probably Matt Barnes using the time. laws of 48. So it's almost like 48 laws. a question, but he doesn't want to tell on his mom. So I can tell him looking at his iPhone. He looks up at his mom like, can I answer this question? So I'm like, all right, let, let, let me talk. To, he's like, he's like uh, we went to pick up mommy's friend, Derek. And I'm like, oh, so Carter said that's my friend. Gathering intel. So I was like, let me talk to your mom. And um, she takes the iPad and she's like, I can't talk right now. I'm getting ready to have some people. Bitch, like, you call. You call. Bitch, you call. She goes in the garage and she's like, well, I wanted to tell you. But nah, you didn't. didn't nah, 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 nah. You didn't want to tell his ass. You thought you was going to get away with that shit. And that nigga found out. Mm, mm, mm. All because you got sloppy. Mm, mm, mm. Fuck that! I was like, "You got this dude around my kids, and you didn't tell me." 
awesome. You know what I mean, like, you got this dude in my house and you didn't tell me, like. Which you're paying for, by the way. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yeah. Which makes it a little, right, right. a little stingier. Right. So I'm just like, and then and then she cops like a little attitude where like, you, well, you can't tell me who I can be with and hangs up. Uh-huh, see? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so by this time, like, both my see? cars are already out in uh, Memphis. And this is pre-Uber for me. So, like, I have a little, my, my homeboy stays with me, but he's always gone. Oh, his, his Bentley was downstairs, but I couldn't find the keys. So I'm rubbing through the house. He's in Vegas, like, bro, where are your keys? I don't need your keys. I need, I need to go somewhere. And I kind of briefly tell him, I need to find your keys. So I finally find his keys. I go down the parking lot, put that bitch in reverse, and he has a flat tire. Ah. And it's a Bentley, so I can't just, like, rough the shit up. So I'm just like, fuck, what do I do? So I say, fuck it. So I just drive it. I put the hazards on and drive, like, three miles an hour, like, four blocks to the gas station. Put some air in the tire. I'm like, fuck it, I'm on. So I'm headed over there. So I think the whole situation was, I don't know where Kanye heard the story from, but everyone thought that once Kanye said 90 miles or 95 miles that I drove from Santa Barbara to Manhattan Beach when all I drove was from Marina Del Rey to Manhattan Beach. Okay, which is what, 20 miles or something? It's 15 minutes. 15 minutes, right. Yeah. So well, I, it, I guess you were bumping Tupac the whole time. The whole time, man. <laughs> All right, so I'm bumping he's Tupac. Probably not the right, right type of music. He's so on I, a mission. He's like, fuck that. I'm about to put in some work. I'm just like, uh, you know, kind of briefly getting what's going on. I was like, I'm probably, I'm probably going to need to get bailed out of jail tonight. He's like, what's going on? And I'm just like, you know, Derek's you know, I kind of give him a little story. He's like, you know, Gil- Gilbert's a motherfucking fire starter himself. So he, he went was, to Gilbert Arenas' house. Anyways, he's like, he's Gilbert Arenas. Right, the right, right. He's like, I got you, whatever you need, you're good. So I end up getting to the house and I give him my keys back by this time. So the front door's locked and I hear people in the backyard and I smell the fire pit. So I hop the fence. It's crazy too. Like I'm in a, in a hoodie and in a beanie, and I'm walking along the side of the fence. And then this is probably 10 o'clock at night by now. So you walk down the side of the house, and then the backyard opens up a little bit. And as soon as I turn into the backyard, I see <laughs> Derek with his arm around Gloria. Mm. So I just fired on him. Stuck him. Well, I guess Took he jumped one. over the gate. Yeah, I jumped him over the back fence. <laughs> <laughs> it was locked. Caught him right, one. Marinas, I guess, did an Instagram post about it. Yeah. <laughs> there was no play by play. There was nobody stopped. Like, there was no... I was on another planet that night. So, and, so I ended up walking in there. And then the first people I see are Gloria and Derek. So I turn the corner, take off on him. Everybody starts screaming and she had people over, a bunch of people over. So I hit him, he flies into, or falls into the sliding glass door. Okay, so you actually punch him in the face? Yeah. <laughs> you, you Got him. Okay. And hit him and knock him into the, to, to the sliding glass door. And then I'm jumped on by like three or four dudes. Everyone's screaming. All the girls are telling me to stop, Matt, stop, Matt. And I get these motherfuckers off my toe. Whoever gets in my way is getting hands. There so it is. <laughs> I get into the house and we get around this little island and we're kind of playing Tom and Jerry him no we need to talk we need to do this like no we don't need to do this everybody's screaming like fuck that you had your chance to talk to me bro like you know we fighting mm. Arf. we'll be back if you're good to me I'll make sure he's good to you huh? <laughs> trust me if you will you remember Adam and Eve trusted a snake, don't you remember that? Ever since the beginning of time, the snake has been around because you know why? Look at him, he's eyeballing me. Oh, he's looking, look at that tongue, isn't this something? He wants to taste, just a small taste, Gene. But you know something, listen to it. Isn't that a sweet you sound? You're nuts. <laughs> a nuts. You're to say I'm a single understatement. To say I'm sick, the sickest, is just the admonition of reality because it's me. 
The snake is going to be here for a long time, and it's something that everyone has to deal with. And fear is a very strange thing to deal with, now isn't it, Gene? But get him to look toward the camera. He doesn't like cameras. He likes people, huh? Don't you like the way he moves? What strength these things have. So impressive, so nice. But you know something? As long as you play with the snake, if you keep playing with snakes, you got to expect one thing. You're gonna get dead. Sooner or later, Damien, Damien, my friend, will strike. All right, before we close the show out, we gone. Listen to Derek Fisher's response to this shit. Let's get it. The current guys. Then this thing with Matt Barnes happens. And the thought from a lot of fans was that there was some sort of code that was yep. broken. And you already talked about the fact you've got to kind of manage this relationship. You're the coach and you were just a player. And do you stay friends with these guys? Did you view it that way as like a code being broken? I personally didn't and don't now. Uh -huh. um, I viewed it as Matt and I played together for one season. Um, it was five years prior to when Gloria and I started having a conversation after we both had filed for divorce and going through a divorce process. I didn't view it as a cold, unwritten code thing. I don't view life in that way. Yeah. It either is or isn't. Um, people that work together, um, I'm sure if you you're a great researcher and you have great researchers around here that sure. there are probably other people that um, are in relationship now whose ex-spouses are people that used to work together right. in the same building nah, or in the same law firm you fucked up, or Derek. in the same studio or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I just think people, they got excited about it because it was something that maybe had not happened before in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to, that we know of. It's <laughs> public. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... So yeah, I, you know, whether or not people ha had or have an issue with it, I'm, a, I'm at a place where that's not my concern anymore. I'm not concerned about what people think about who I'm dating, who I love, who I'm engaged to. That's, it's not their life, it's mine. Mm -hmm. The same way I wouldn't judge somebody else for who they choose to be with in life. Their there sexual you, orientation, nigga. their religion. I don't base my decision on whether or not I like you because of the color of your skin or who you go out with. I can only decide that between a relationship with you and knowing you. So for people that have judged or criticized me or questioned my character or my integrity based on something you read in the media that only one person is telling you happened, well, that's your problem for judging me. That's not mine. Yeah. Oh, nigga, you so fucked I'm, up. You know, I'm good. You know what you yeah. did, nigga. And so I'm not hanging on to that as though that's why life has happened this way and this and like... You know, I, I don't know what to tell people that still have an issue with it. Because um, I, I love who I love, and that's my choice. Sure. The same way we all have choices to decide who we want to be with and what kind of life we want to live. You and Matt cool now? I would just hold up. Say we are respectful because I'm in his kid's life, and and he's in my kid's life essentially because of. The issue was never mine or, or, or Gloria's, it was more his. And it's also important not to, like the role that I play in Matt and Gloria's children's lives, it does them no good and it does my children no good to come on TV and go back and forth about 
him or what he said about me or whether that's true or not and try to get into this tit for tat thing. Yeah. I'm too grown for that. And those kids <laughs> don't deserve that. Oh, so nigga. he can say whatever. Other people can say whatever. I know who I am. My mom, my dad, my fiance, my kids, the people that know me and love me, they know who I am. So I don't have to worry about somebody else trying to define me as me. It's just for me to live and do me um, and try to be the best person that I can, learn through success and failures and mistakes, um, but ultimately not allowing my life to be defined by others. And it's taken, it's taken a lot of these failures yeah. and negative publicity for me to get to that point. I cared a lot about what other people thought for a long time. <laughs> It takes something crazy happening <laughs> to really put things in perspective. Yeah, I know. All right, so we're going to come back and close the show. This nigga D Fish was full of shit on that one. Come on now, you fucked up, nigga. You broke the code, nigga. Matt Barnes, check that chin. He had to, nigga. That's the rule. All right, we'll be right back.